Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by, it's Christmas in September, new month, new you, Joey Noel. Oh boy, I can't believe it's already September. I feel like I say that every time the month changes because it like cements in my brain that the year just keeps moving and it doesn't yeah. feel like it does. It doesn't at all, but here we are. How are you doing, Nitro Rifle, Andy Cortez? Remember, remember the 1st of September. That's what they say. That's what they always say. Of course, this is the kind of funny screencast where each and every week we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. If any of that sounds interesting to you, you're going to want to subscribe to youtube.com slash kind of funny because we do these things all the time. And if you would prefer a podcast, guess what? We offer this in podcast form. Just search your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast and we will be there for you. But there's even more crazy offers out there for you. If you want to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, you can get this show ad free and whoa, watch live as we record it. What a fun time for everybody involved. Uh, today, we're brought to you by ExpressVPN and Chime, but I'll tell you about that later. First, I want to tell you all about these two fine, beautiful bastards, Fargo, Brady, and Molecule, our Patreon producers. Thanks to your hard-earned money, we get to make this this magical, magical show for everybody, uh, where we talk about She-Hulk and soon Lord of the Rings, the Rings of Power. Andy Cortez, this is the last time I'm going to talk to you before you will have ventured back into Middle, uh, Earth. Middle Earth. Middle Earth, yeah. Middle Earth, great. Uh, so to learn about all, the, all your friends over there. How are you feeling? Real talk. What's the hype levels? Hype levels are pretty high. Um, we've gotten a lot of good reviews in from a lot of people there's a couple of websites that are saying like yeah maybe they, they kind of fumbled it but from people that i trust from people that i've seen go uh to these big events multiple times by choice it's like oh they sure you go to the event once but do you have to go twice no that's because you wanted to rewatch it that's because it's that mm. damn good so i'm hoping it's you know at least entertaining and not a complete waste of money and time yeah yeah a lot of money the most money Amazon, most money anyone's money. ever put into a TV show. So I'm, I'm kind of excited to see what's going on. But tomorrow, we'll begin our Lord of the Rings, Rings of Power screencast series. Uh, it will be hosted by Andy Cortez. And he'll be joined by Lucy James and Elise Willems, which is an extremely, extremely powerful cast for that show. They each hold one of the rings, I hear. Um, we're also doing Game of Thrones. House of the Dragon, Hot D, that's how you remember it, Hot D, every single week, uh, our episodes one and two reviews are up right now on all the same places I aforementioned uh, when it comes to this show, and then we're doing She-Hulk, because that's the type of people we are here, we love this pop culture nerd shit, it's a great time to be alive for all of us, this beautiful September, enough of the bullshit, let's get right to it, She-Hulk episode three, Andy Cortez, what'd you think? I had a fun time with it. Uh, this is my first time on She-Hulk uh, because of the oh. other episodes have just sort of fallen on dates where I have a pretty packed day. 
Um, but I've been really enjoying the show so far. I'd say this episode I probably enjoyed the least of all of them. But, uh, you know, I still had fun with it, was still entertained. I think that Marvel once again has knocked the casting uh, out of the park. I think Tatiana, I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, Maslani? Maslani. Maslani. I think just seeing her on screen, if there, if there is ever a moment where I'm maybe not digging a sequence or I don't love a certain conversation or maybe this scene isn't working for me, uh, she just immediately kind of flips that around because I just think she has phenomenal screen presence. She's charming. She's funny. And I just every line she delivers is is really, really fun. Um, this episode, I think, took a while for me to get used to until uh, they kind of nailed it with her looking at the camera and going, this is where the stories intersect. Nice. Like that moment, like really got me. And I, I enjoyed that. Um, but the whole sort of court case happening on the other side of things with um, Bukowski, I just. I was just like, this isn't really working for me a whole lot. And this uh, this elf doing, you know, just a little silly being a little being a little silly, like, you know, troublemaker, which just wasn't really working for me a whole lot. Um, but I love the way the episode concluded. And then we got um, just an all timer post credit scene. So uh, <laughs> episode three, still good. Not as much enjoyment for me as episodes one and two, which I, I had a lot of fun with. Joey Noel. Um, I'm 100% with Andy. I continue to really like this show, considering really not that much happens in any of these episodes when you break it down. Um, Tatiana Mas- and I think that's a total credit to how good Tatiana Maslany is. Like, she's just a joy to watch kind of doing anything. I agree that the B plotline of that other dude whose name I don't remember um, didn't work for me. And I, I was talking with gold fire last night as we talk after all of these episodes there's something about i don't know if it was the storyline that i just didn't care about the shape-shifting woman until it until megan the stallion actually shows up <laughs> um where in like sitcom type shows when there's like gimmicky kind of like b plots like this i feel like the fact that it's missing a laugh track maybe is affecting how i like see things i think the writing and the performances are timed a little bit weird so it feels like some of the dialogue hangs where you're supposed to laugh but it doesn't like come across that way so just trying to figure out if if potentially the laugh track is why it's missing and why it feels a little bit disjointed compared to like other sitcom things or what i don't know still working on it this is me being so randomly like nitpicky about a show that i really enjoy and just happen to not like this one part of this one episode um but i like that we get more of her her sidekick apparently girl incredible i i like that we are getting more of her they have such good chemistry give me more of them and less of all the random side stuff but honestly if all the side stuff was worth it just for that setup for the punchline and the end credit scene, I can't even be mad at it. I I have to love it. Yeah, the uh, her friend, I love her so much, and like her delivery of the like, uh, I said, I'm a thirst trap. It was me with a bunch of books. Like it's just like that is just so funny, and it's an example of like a yeah. line that's not really that funny, but the delivery made it comedy, yeah. right? Like, and uh, even in the post or not post credits in the credits, there was like the an artist's rendition of the thirst trap. <laughs> 
which is just fucking great. Yeah. Um, I, I think that I am in a similar place to you guys, but I think I'm a lot higher on this overall, especially this episode than the, the two of you seem to be where I think that so far I have, I've really loved this show despite it not being the most funny, perfect comedy of all time, but for what it is trying to be, which is a MCU sitcom that makes MCU references it is everything I could ask for and more. Like, I am so surprised how much fun they continue to have. And even her breaking the fourth wall with the uh, the cameo talk, right? I was just like, yeah, Wong's coming, you know, but like, hey, this is my show. Like, I loved that so much. And I love that we're getting as much of it as we, we are. And to Andy's point about her breaking the fourth wall for, oh, the A and B plot are connecting. It's like, I like that we're now three episodes into this, honestly, just a little over an hour total, which is funny because like, I mean it's rare but we have gotten like almost our episodes alone of disney plus marvel shows uh before and i feel like a lot has happened and i don't think it's necessarily giant big world uh and world breaking things but just more like character moments and like building out this pocket of the world this la side that we haven't really seen much in the mcu uh with characters that we we know and love or just characters that we know in the case of blonsky where it's like we're starting to love him now I freaking love him. Tim Roth is having so much fun in this role and he's just crushing it. Like the introduction now of the, uh, his little, the, the women, which is like terrifying, <laughs> you know, like I'm sure, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure that's going to like keep coming back into play. But um, I like that it is now kind of being able to air a little bit more on comedy that isn't just references to the MCU while also not slowing down on that stuff. Cause I do think that that is where the show is uniquely positioned, which is to, play with the understanding that we all have watched the last two years of these shows every week they come out in addition to the 20 plus movies that have come out the last couple decades so um i love how much fun they're having with it i love that the Wong cu continues and that he's just popping in everywhere and is just the best the absolute best um and again the tandy's point about tatiana she's just killer anytime she's on screen you're more engaged than if she's not and i think that that's not saying that when she's not on the show that I'm not into it. I liked the B plot of this because I feel like it was just pure setup for the Megan the Stallion thing. And I liked that there was more going on in this episode than just kind of like following the one thing. And more than anything, I like the idea that we're getting multiple court cases and like that it kind of sets up this anything can happen. And even though I agree the, the elf that's shape shifting and all that stuff weird and like, a little too gimmick comedy for my personal tastes. I like the idea that simultaneously to the Blonsky case, we're also seeing another superhero case, right? Dealing yeah. with Asgard, dealing with stuff that is very MCU specific. So even though it didn't hit for me all the way, I appreciate that it happened. And I think that that's a good sign going forward for the rest of the episodes where I hope we get more A and B plots that hopefully both of them are a little bit more interesting than the elf side of things. Yeah, I and agree. when we get when we talk about the elf side of things, I, um, it felt like that character is was maybe an actor that we were supposed to go, oh, it's so and so from, the, or that's Stanley's cousin or whatever, like whatever. The, like, <laughs> like, it, I I feel like that cameo, uh, it it felt like it was supposed to be a cameo. Really, just it's a random actress who was playing a a light elf from New Asgard. But the way that it was kind of framed and given to us, and I think maybe part of her performance also like wasn't super great. So it kind of did feel like it was a 
a, a random person who's maybe a fan of the MCU and it's like, oh, she has that cooking show on Netflix. She loves whatever the fuck. She loves the MCU. She tweets about it. So they put her in the show. Uh, that's kind of what it felt like to me, even though it wasn't that. I think just her performance kind of uh, made that section for me a little bit less enjoyable. I think when it became less enjoyable for me was when she shapeshifted as the judge yeah and i was just like I was, the we're, fucking we're, amanda show like come on yeah we don't need to we, we don't need we're to the push dancing lobsters yeah we don't need to push this bit uh that much further we could end it there uh and just move on to the next sequence so i wasn't a a massive fan of that but um well i'll tell you what i think next after a word from our sponsor tim this episode is brought to you by ExpressVPN. Using the internet without ExpressVPN is like checking in your baggage at the airport without a lock. You don't know who's looking through all your stuff, finding all of your Nintendo Switches, your PlayStation Vitas, or all the other things that you're hiding in there. When you go online without a VPN, internet service providers, ISPs, can see every single website you visit. They can legally sell this information without your consent. Nobody wants that. That sounds like a bad time for everybody. You can browse more anonymous it's easy to use and it works on all devices. I love ExpressVPN. It is super simple to use. I feel safe across all of my devices, knowing that whether I'm on my desktop or my mobile phone, people aren't getting in there. I'm safe on the internet and what I look at, what I browse, that's mine. That's for me to know. Secure your online activity by visiting expressvpn.com slash kind of funny today. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash kind of funny. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash kind of funny next up shout out to chime like a cool breeze chime is a refreshing way to handle your money there's no monthly fees no maintenance fees and no minimum balance fees so it's how banking should be done and when you need access to your money you can do so fee free at more than 60,000 in network atms at many locations like most walgreens or 7-elevens you can also send money to anyone even if they aren't on chime fee free for you and no cash out fees for them chime no monthly fees no vibe killing fees sign up for a chime checking account it only takes two minutes and it doesn't affect your credit score you can get started at chime.com slash kf games that's chime.com slash kf games chime is a financial technology company not a bank banking services provided by a debit card issued by the Bancorp bank or stride bank na members fdic out of network atm withdrawal fees apply except at money pass atm in a 7-eleven location and at all all point or visa plus alliance ATM. Other fees such as third-party and cash deposit fees may apply. Chime.com slash KF Games. What a professional Andy Cortez. What were you going to say after the sponsors? Ah, no, much. Just... <laughs> <laughs> no, what I wanted to say is, um, I think I think you know, looking from the outside in, as this show was about to begin, as season, as episode one was about to air, I wasn't super high on this show, and in the same way that I watched What If, and even though What If has some pretty uh, big stuff and, and pretty massive ties to the MCU, for the most part, I was just like, this feels kind of pointless. I just don't, I'm not really entertained by much of this, and that's why I just wasn't really a fan of What If. And then... Say it right. What If. Thank and you. then as cute as I Am Groot was, I was like... I didn't need to watch that. Like it, it was it was fun in some spots, but like 
still felt like whatever here here's you know eight minutes of little cartoon animated shorts that i just didn't really need to watch and i felt like were kind of useless so approaching this i am not very high on it and i'm like well what what can this actually be and what can this actually offer and it turns out it's kind of offering everything that i didn't know that i wanted which was like yes this is she hulk and yes she's the cousin of bruce banner um but it is framed it's framed just like a sitcom and i think this is the first episode that we see the sort of uh we're gonna have multiple court cases probably an episode or maybe just one court case an episode and it doesn't have to have any massive ties but we can get some hints towards what this is going to be i mean the episode ends with her taking down some crooks who you know wanted to just uh steal from a lady uh, at night and they have these enchanted items from new asgard or whatever but her looking at that reflection is like oh shit this is kind of what my life is going to become from now on um and i don't need that to even turn into anything massively important for me to feel like this show so far still worth me watching it where there have just been a lot of series lately where i'm just like i didn't need to watch that i'm i don't mind that i did but it's just kind of like i feel like i've been wasting some time with some of these series and this one i'm just legitimately enjoying it i'm kind of just surprised and i think a lot of it is just it's her performance and it's kind of the show being what it was set up to be and not really promising anything more than that Having said that, jumping off of that, getting into some little theory talk that I like to do here. So that crew is the Wrecking Crew, which is a eh, semi-D-list uh, group of villains from the the comics. Um, they're actually involved in some of the like they're involved in Secret Wars and shit in the comics. They won't be in the movies, but uh, like they have been in bigger storylines and stuff. Um, I bet but, you they are involved in Secret Wars somehow. I mean, maybe I bet I, they I, pop I, up somehow. And we're like, oh, they're from the fucking episode, episode three. I bet that sort of thing happens. But what I think is interesting is they were trying to get her blood, right? In yeah. this, like, so that was the goal. And they're trying to get it back to their boss. So I wonder who is the boss going to be? Because I got, there's a couple options that it, it, it could be. One of them, I feel like the most simple one based on what the TV shows are doing so far would be the power broker, which is mm. um, the agent 13, what's it called? No, not 13. You know what I'm talking about. Sharon. Yeah, Sharon Carter. Sharon, right? Yeah. That's a potential thing. Another potential one's Kingpin. Oh, right okay sharon carter blood that doesn't go with the power broker right well it's power it's hulk power yeah like she that. may she may want to turn some uh, she may want to get a hulk on her side or, or something like that and then the last one that i'm gonna throw out there kingpin. the one that that my right yeah kingpin's the other one but the one that my money's on right now and this might be just getting a little too hopeful Blaine from seinfeld uh she's probably going to be involved at some point i wouldn't be surprised if but she she's shows probably up. abomination though right yeah right. i think she's going to be yeah i think she's more involved with getting mm. the thunderbolts or whatever but the leader the guy from the incredible hulk the movie where the blood went on his head and started getting oh. big that we haven't seen since then hmm. no my god yeah they're yeah. bringing it make sense <laughs> they bring that dude back i mean it's the one of the longest if not the longest running thing that hasn't been brought back that was like set up before and the leader yeah. is a major hulk and she hulk villain 
So I'd like to think that he just died right after he looked at the camera that <laughs> His way. His head just popped. <laughs> <laughs> you looked at the camera like, ooh, I got some power. And it burst. <laughs> burst. <laughs> and those, uh, and then, those are some interesting theories because I, I guess that's one little tidbit that I'm very happy happened, right? Again, the, these are little hints towards mm -hmm. something bigger happening in this show. But again, I think it's just a testament to how much I'm enjoying it that even if those things didn't happen, I'm still feeling like this show is still enjoyable and fun to watch. And I'd recommend it to any MCU fan or anybody who even has sort of a, a, I guess you kind of need to understand a lot of the references still, but I just feel like the performances and the breaking of the fourth wall are funny enough and creative enough for me. And I think that this is the first episode to, uh, not only have the MCU stuff, but be kind of funny, like have funny jokes in its own right and have jokes that are Megan the Stallion jokes, right? It's kind of like more mainstream. It's less kind of like you need to know the MCU and it's more, I mean, in, in some ways, I'm sure this is alienating a lot of MCU fans <laughs> that like yeah. don't give a shit about Megan the Stallion. But I think that's cool that like we have this kind of format now to be able to do those things. But there's a couple lines. I don't think there's anything in this that like made me like laugh out loud, but the I'm incredibly upset. What kind of office doesn't have any Red Bulls? Like it's those little <laughs> lines that add up to like humor chip damage to me, right? Like, oh, you thought yeah. Megan the Stallion drove a Passat? Like that type of stuff. <laughs> Great it's line. Just, it's just Great funny, line. you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, As we get go farther along the series, and I feel like this is something I say every week, and I, I'll say it again this week weird no Jamila Jamil like this is a, a getting to be a, an even weirder setup for this villain of this show we get her so little in episode one just that reference in episode two with that weird social campaign where she's like destroying all the she-hulk stuff which didn't lead to anything in the episode and then nothing this episode it could be so her That's yeah the other, it has to the other I theory. have to imagine that they're somehow intertwined yeah with the they have to that would be a lot, I guess, to have like two villains that we haven't seen yet coming in episode four to nine. But I don't know. Um, what else was there? I, I, there was a couple fun references to shit. Oh, there was the, the the rumors when they're talking about all the rumors, and one of the rumors was that there was like a a mob, a, a attempted mob hit or whatever. You catch that? No, I no. didn't. When when was that? that? There was like a bunch of news broadcasts and they're like, she's having abominations, baby. And this oh, and this yeah. and this. Oh. And like, that's that's a nod to her actual comic origin story got where it. like there was a because of her dad, there was a hit out and then they came to try to kill her. She got shot and she was like bleeding out. And the only person that she could get a transfusion from was uh, Hulk. Her it, cousin. It, if anything, like as somebody who's not uh, a comic reader, there are still sequences of this that just feel so intrinsically comic book watching her walking through the office dressed up and she's yeah. she hulk and she's just conversing like a normal human being and she walks into an office and like it, it i guess it i kind of just get vibes of uh dressed up beast in x-men and working with congress and like yep. all of that stuff just kind of like it feels so comic book to see these characters uh in the real world kind of just existing um I also wanted to shout out in that you mentioning kind of in these all these news blasts. I love all of the 
the incel chuds kind of oh. being like, no more uh, female superheroes. Like he all, of that, <laughs> all of that stuff is so self-aware and like, man, why does everybody, every female, every superhero got to be female now? Like there are so many great references to just kind of the, the climate of being a superhero fan. And uh, yeah, I think they, to, to do that and be that self-aware with it, it's just, you love to see it. I had a, I had a blast seeing those moments. Uh, a couple other notes that I wrote down. One joke I liked was the I know your jaws on the floor because I drive a cyber truck <laughs> with the fucking <laughs> asshole guy. Like that character sucks. Man. Yeah. Like he's like yeah. they just nailed making him the most hateable motherfucker. But the most we know him. We know that guy. You know, yeah. <laughs> like which sucks. Um, I loved the Asgard's not a place, it's a people. And they're like, no, no, stop. Don't <laughs> don't, don't do the speech. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and uh the wog the can you just erase his memories? No, not again. It gets too messy. <laughs> yeah, she's like, I wasn't asking for any of that. <laughs> Wong is just so enjoyable. It no matter what like quantity we get him in, like he's so good. Put put him in everything. I just, just love like, a little bit. Immediately, Joe, I see the the meme online because I, I just look at all the spoilers and the hashtags and all that yeah. shit once the episode ends. Uh and the the meme of like, hey man, well, I mean, you still helped this prisoner get out of prison. It's just the meme of the dude with the peace sign disappearing. He <laughs> <laughs> just hit the mic, <laughs> like, just totally right? dipped out. Yeah, and then another great little cute moment of comedy. Her going to go pick up the microphone. I think they're just kind of nailing it all around, and I, uh, it it just shows that like when you have a a a good team of writers that are aware enough about the the climate and aware enough about what the heroes are and what they mean to this world, but still have good comedic writing chops. Like I, again, I, I think you put it perfectly with the humor chip damage. It's just, it's, I, I am like several times in an episode chuckling out loud. I'm like, wow, that's a good line. And I guess, I guess I've gotten sort of jaded into the point with a lot of these MCU shows and even like the star Wars shows where it's like, I, I'm just waiting to be like entertained again. I haven't really felt like I've enjoyed a whole lot of these, but so far with She-Hulk, they're they're doing a really damn good job with it, and I'm I'm finding myself excited for the next episode to drop and what's that going to be like. And even though I don't have to get a cameo from whoever the fuck, it's like I'm enjoying it either way. But you're getting it, them. Like that, exactly. I, I'm right there with you. It's like you don't need a but they're fucking delivering, man. Yeah. As consequential or inconsequential as they are, I they they aren't even super necessary for me to feel like I'm being entertained or whether it's like, oh, it's worth a watch because you get this and this superhero drop in. And it's like, no, I just think it's worth a watch regardless of all of that. You know, you bring up heroes, Andy. Heroes we that the world be. needs. And uh there was a moment in 2020 when the pandemic set in, we're all locked in our houses, not allowed to leave. There was no vaccine. Everything was so bad. So, so bad. And then Megan the Stallion dropped body, you know, <laughs> and like the world just got a little bit brighter. She was the hero that we needed. And I like the idea that in the MCU, Thanos snapped. There was five years where half the universe was gone, but Megan the Stallion was there and she still wrote body. <laughs> and yeah. it still made the world a slightly better place. <laughs> That's so interesting. <laughs> that is like interesting to think that pop culture still existed in those dark, dark times. <laughs> and this fucking post credit scene, y'all. 
Like they didn't need to, but they did. And God damn, it was fucking good. <laughs> and it's, it's so, so it's one of those sequences, Joe, that is, I think, really tiptoeing the line of is this going to be cringy or is this going to be entertaining or funny? And I saw your tweet before I even got to the post credit scene. Mm. And I was like, oh, what are we going to get here? Holy <laughs> shit. You know, like I thought it was going to be some juicy shit and it was juicy in a way. Mm-hmm. Um and then to actually get there and see it, I was like, not what I expected, not mad. Like, I still thought it was funny. And I think that I think those sequences are really hard to pull off and execute because once you get into superhero dancing territory, that's really easy to fuck up. It's and risky. Like, it's really and I, risky. And, and, and look, I'm not, I'm not acting like this decision is probably 100% unanimous. There's probably a lot of people that did not like it. Uh, and probably like hated on it for whatever reason, but like normally I'd fall in that camp, and I I thought this scene was still funny and and really silly and entertaining. Go for it, Joe. Do we? Are there any that many other examples of superhero dancing things in the MCU? Is Baron Zemo from oh. Falcon and Winter Soldier like the only other thing? I, I guess like, this is really superhero, but yeah. I guess not dancing superheroes. I guess I just like any character dancing in a TV show for comedic mm. effect, usually done poorly, and you kind of just like, oh, why this is like Elaine Venice, and then a huge drop off. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And for whatever reason, I think that it just really worked here and was entertaining as hell. So my final question for you guys before we end this episode: Do you think? we get an in-world explanation for the fourth wall breaking? Or is it just a joke? Interesting. Because it is so different from anything we've seen in the MCU, period, so far. Like, we've had Deadpool that so far is not MCU. But, like, it, it there's a vibe to it in the show, especially the way of how they're talking about the MCU in particular, that I wonder. I, I don't think so. I think uh, when... You know, when we watched um, Ms. Marvel and we kept talking about, like, what is the X factor going to be here? And it turned out that for those first several episodes, it was the animated bits and the silly kind of uh, Edgar Wright motion graphics that were taking place in the real world. Um, And I think this is just another way for them to kind of differentiate themselves from the other shows instead of just, yeah, you know, I, I think a comedic law show is different enough but how can we push it a little bit further and have some more fun with it i think the bigger question is do we get a deadpool breaking the fourth wall reference in she hulk <laughs> like i don't know if we're ever going to get an explanation as to mm-hmm. why it's happening um i think the reason why i don't think we're going to get an explanation is uh, was seen in episode one when her and bruce banner both look at the camera and kind of like, what the fuck? You're talking to the camera over here? <laughs> like, I think that enough is kind of a way to say, like, hey, even he's doing it. And he's wondering, like, what the hell's going on here? Maybe we're not going to get an explanation. Maybe we don't need one. But I am hoping that they sort of drop a... I mean, we already got that reference to Wolverine in the paper or whatever. Like, do we get a reference to Deadpool kind of mentioning... Or her mentioning, like, you thought Deadpool's alone who did this? Like, or something like that, you know? I mean, what if we fucking get Deadpool? Oh my god. That would be wild. <laughs> don't get don't get my hopes up. Yeah. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Joe, any final thoughts? Um, I 
don't think they're going to acknowledge it. I th- I was like looking around and they after I think it was the last episode when I was like, did they ever like cite or like talk about Fleabag being a like a inspiration for any of that? And the creators like have talked about that in interviews um, from before the show came out. And they don't. I. So then I think it is just a stylistic thing. I did like your uh, theory last week about uh, it being the Watcher. Yeah, I mean, it, something like that. It, it's just interesting. I mean, because in the comics, like She Hulk breaks the fourth wall in the comics. Like she always oh. has. It's kind of her thing. Interesting. So I just in the comics they don't give it. As far as I know, they don't ever like give it an explanation. But the MCU takes things a little bit more seriously oftentimes, even in comedic based shit. But we'll see. Yeah. I don't know. Let us know in the comments below what you think about She-Hulk episode three and who you think is trying to steal her sweet, sweet green blood. Uh, until next green week. Juice. With that <laughs> green juice. Oh, it's got the juice. Uh, anyways, I love you all. I'll see you next week. Go support Andy, Elise, and James on Lord of the Rings. Bye.